Welcome to the first episode of the Quilting Stories podcast. Stay tuned for my interview with quilter Timna Tar. Welcome to the Quilting Stories podcast. My guest today is quilter Timna Tar. Timna bought her first long arm in 2001 and began quilting clients' quilts shortly thereafter. Timna's own nationally award-winning quilts are in private and corporate collections. They've also been seen in numerous exhibits, magazines, quilt shows, and books, as well as on the Quilt Show and Quilting Arts TV. Timna is an in-demand teacher and speaker, and pre-pandemic, she traveled across the U.S. teaching workshops and classes. She lives in South Hadley, Massachusetts, and works out of her studio in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Timna, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Sure. So how would you describe your quilts? Oh, I hate that question. Um, so I often say that my quilts are not traditional and they're not modern. They kind of bridge the gap between the two um, styles. You know, I really like traditional uh, blocks and patterns, and I'm a pretty much a block-based quilter, but I like um, putting a more modern spin on it using colors and fabrics that are less traditional. So what are you working on now? Can you tell me about your latest quilts? Uh, well, we're in the middle of the pandemic and I find I have a lot of time on my hands. So uh, that's actually not good for me. I work better when I have a lot going on. So I'm kind of just floundering right now um, and do- reworking some old themes. Like I just did a string quilt. Um, I've done a bunch of, uh, I've done eight like Mm, improvisational kind of quilts just working with using with solids and uh just this last week i made a chicken so i'm kind of all over the place i have i'm i'm still i need i need to find my groove again and i mean i think you just described it but how has the pandemic impacted your quilting and creativity well so most of my quilting life is teaching and traveling. So that's obviously out the window. And I, so I've had a lot more time in my studio and just to be, um, I don't think my, like my output has been great. Like I've, my, I really believe I need to just keep working. So I've just been sewing for my stash. Um, I'm not coming up with any new great ideas, but I also know those new great ideas come from doing the work you know, just, just going back to the studio and working. So can you tell me the story of your quilting life and how you got started on your quilting journey? Uh, yeah, my um, mom's a quilter. My grandma's a quilter. You know, everyone past generations were quilters, but um, I am, was not a quilter growing up, didn't like quilting. My mom made me learn to sew when I was about five or six and I hated it. Um, but when I graduated from college, I got married and my then husband was an eighth grade math teacher and he wanted to uh, make a quilt to hang in his classroom to talk about geometry. So we started making a quilt together and he lost interest in quilt making really quickly, but I was hooked as soon as I started doing it. And that was in about 1997 or eight. And so what kind of quilts did you make at the beginning versus the quilts you're making now? Oh, I did very, very traditional quilts. I don't think I've ever done traditional colors necessarily. And I um, have never been a person who used a pattern. So I've always worked sort of improvisationally, even if I've used traditional patterns. 
Um, and I'm still doing that now. I still am an improvisational quilter. I still use traditional blocks as a jumping off point. Um, I think I also, when I've started, I thought quilts had to be used on a bed. And I've now realized that I don't always want to make quilts that big. So I've kind of shifted the the size and the scale to something that's more intuitive to me, which is about my quilts are about, they always end up as a dumb size. They're kind of 40 inches square to 60 inches square, which is not really a good size for a wall. It's too big for a wall and it's too small to use. So was there a specific quilt for you that made the leap from those very first traditional uh, quilts to um, a more modern aesthetic with colors? Oh, uh, I can't, no, I don't think so. I think it was just a gradual transition. Um, as I was working with, um, you know, I, I bought a long arm in 2001 and as I was quilting other people's quilts, I was really exposed to a lot of different varieties of quilting and styles and colors. And I think that just re- influenced me, you know, as I worked on, as people in the quilting world changed from working with only traditional Jenny Beyer fabrics and then moved into more modern fabrics. I think that just influenced my um, taste as well. So talk to me about colors. What colors or fabrics do you gravitate to and why? And do you have any favorite favorite fabric colors that show up in your quilts? I always use kind of like purples and magenta, like red purples, magentas. I love those colors. Um, yellow. I like yellow. Um, it's more colors I don't use. If you look at my stash, I have very few browns. I have very few true blues. I use a lot of blue greens. I love blue green, but blue is really, really hard for me. Um, I don't know why I know it's everybody else's favorite color, but it's, it's hard for me. Um, yeah, those are colors that I love. Well, I know that one of the things that, that kind of, uh, makes your quilts unique is your use of color. And I'm curious, is that something that you work to develop or is it more instinctual for you? Oh, I don't think it's instinctual at all. Cause if you look at my early quotes, they're kind of, they're hideous um, in terms of color. I think uh, it's practice. I really, really think it's practice. I also think um, the way I work is that I would rather use 50 different magentas then use two magentas. So I like to add, I'd like the texture of lots and lots of the same color within one quilt. And I think just when you do that, you start looking at color differently because you start looking at this and says, Oh, this is more purple red, or is it more a, an orange red or, you know, so you start seeing the, the variation in the color when you're working with a wider variety of fabrics. So if there's a quilter listening who wanted to uh, work on or develop their color sense, is there any kind of exercises or deliberate practice that you would recommend for um, improving or not even improving, but but developing their, their sense of color? Oh, yeah. So I um, tell people to go to your stash and pull out your favorite color, let's say it's blue, and pull out 20 blues and lay them out in terms of 
several variables, like lay them out in terms of um, the lightest to the darkest, using value as your as your um, marker, and then lay it out using looking at a color wheel and see which ones are more purple blue and which ones are more green blue, and lay them out that way. And so, and then you pull another twenty and see if you can sort them into the first group. So that way that you're just you're you're just looking at one color at a time, but you're training your eye to look at that color and see how it varies from one fabric to another. And once you do it with your blues, then do it with your yellows and then do it with your reds. And it you don't have to do it all in one day, just like over time, just practice. Gotcha. So do you consider yourself an artist or is that even an important consideration for you? That's a, yeah, that's an interesting question. I always consider myself a quilter first and, um, Several years ago, when I was making the transition from being a long armor to whatever I am now, I started using the word artist. And that made a big difference just in my mental change and how I describe myself to people. Um, So, yeah, I I always say quilter first and then I say artist second. And so you mentioned long arming and switching from that. What what was the uh, motivation for doing less long arming for clients? Honestly, I was really burnt out and um, <laughs> I just needed something else to do. My body also hurt. Long arming is really hard on, it's physically very difficult. And so my back was hurting all the time. And as soon as I stopped long arming, that went away and I physically felt much, much better. But I was also just ready to do something else because it's hard when you're always putting all your creative energy into someone else's work. And you you still long arm your own quilts, correct? I do, yeah. Yeah. So so what inspires you creatively? Are there other arts that inspire your quilt making, books or music, paintings or movies, etc.? Oh, I love paintings. Um, I'm definitely inspired by other visual arts. Um, not so much like, uh, movies or music, I'm, but paintings and drawings, other, other, that kind, that sort of visual, still visual art. Right. So can you tell me about a typical quilt step-by-step if you can, from what it's like when you start thinking about a new quilt to the design and then the sewing? Uh, I'm, I tend to get an idea when I get an idea, I want to start on it right now and I get very excited and I fall, I, I was describing to a friend, it's like, um, it's like a love affair. You fall in love really hard and really fast. And then you kind of like realize that maybe, oh, this isn't the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then you hold on a little longer and you get into it again and then you back up and this is terrible and you go back and forth. So for me, I, f- I start working and if I know it's a good idea, I'll jump in with both feet and that's all I want to think about until it's done. So um, I start out by a, a lot of the work I'm doing now is based on photographs. So if I find a great picture, then I start take that picture, picture, I blow it up and then I start looking at it in detail, making my patterns, picking my fabrics and, um, and then I actually spend very little time sewing. Most of the time is designing and cutting fabric and making patterns. I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, it, it did. It did. So, what advice would you have for quilters who 
are in a creative funk or a creative or sewing block? What are some tips and tricks that you have for getting out of that? Well, my what I do, I don't know if this works for anybody else, is I uh, start sewing things that are really easy, you know, that I don't have to really think about. So when the pandemic first hit, I started making a string quilt because for me, that's kind of comfort food. And that way it's simple. I'm just picking two fabrics to sew together. And then I pick another two fabrics. And in doing that, I'll see fabric combinations or color combinations that I am interested in. And that might spark something in the future. So I, my, what I do is I just sew and I don't, I don't know if that works for everybody. (laughs) <laughs> so do you have a favorite of your quilts? Um, well, I've been making a whole bunch of quilts of chickens recently, and those are now my current favorites. Um, I have a quilt that is eggs that I like that one. And I did a quilt several years ago of George Washington's head over and over and over on the, across the quilt. And that one makes me laugh. <laughs> so do you have a quilt that you've made that you don't like? Oh, I have tons of them I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Is there one that comes to mind? And can you explain why? Uh, I like it? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, well, yeah. So often there are quilts that I'll start working in a series. You know, I'll start making the same quilt over and over and over. And by the time that I'm mentally done with the series, the quilts, you can tell they're just tired. And so there is a string quilt that I made where I tried to like mix in a lot of blacks with a lot of bright colors, which usually that sounds really good. But in this case, it it didn't work at all. And I can't even tell you what the rest of the quilt looks like because all I can see is the blacks in my head. <laughs> so are there quilters that have inspired you along the way? Oh, uh, yeah. Um I love traditional quilts, so a lot of those are unknown or unnamed quilters, but I love, love, love very utilitarian, functional, some would say ugly, old-fashioned quilts. Those are my favorites. Um, Currently, the work I've been, you know, I've been doing portrait quilts, but they've been portraits of animals, but I've been looking at a lot of Bisa Butler's quilts the last couple of months. Um, I saw her speak in just before the pandemic. So maybe in February and her work is so inspiring to me, just how she uses color and pattern and mixes it all together and creates the essence of a person just through fabric. So do you listen to music or podcasts when you're quilting? I listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, I don't really listen to music when I'm quilting, but yeah, I listen to like politics podcasts, comedy podcasts. Um, I listen to a lot of interview podcasts. In any podcasts that you would recommend? Oh, my new favorite one that I started listening to this week is from the um, Smithsonian Portrait Gallery. I think it's called Portraits, but they talk about um, the history of portraits and the history behind the people of portraits in the National Portrait Gallery. And it sounds really dull, but it's not. It's very interesting. <laughs> So is there a specific block that you like to return to? Oh, yeah. When I'm stuck, I go to a nine patch because it's so you can do so many things with the nine patch and it's so simple. 
So what's your favorite quilting tip or trick? Oh, I, um, yeah, that's, I don't know, but I would say having front long arms, uh, and seeing so many other people's work press, do a good job of pressing each seam. Cause that really makes a big difference in the final product. And I know sometimes you can just finger press and it feels like you're getting the, um, you feel like it's pressed enough, but you really need an iron and I have a wool mat, which I love. So between the iron and I like steam too, um, I press things a lot. Do you, do you keep that close or do you have to get up and, and, and walk to your, to your iron? I get up um, <laughs> but, and I only do it because like I said, my back hurts sometimes. So if I'm getting up and moving, uh, my back doesn't hurt as much as if I were sitting still for hours on end. And so do you have a favorite quilting tool or notion that you, that you use? I'm pretty basic. Um, I do use, and you know this, a so easy table that my machine sits in. So I have a flat space to sew on. Um, wall mat. And I use an Aliso iron. I swear by those three things. And so what machine do you use for piecing? I have two machines. I have a... Um, Juki, I don't know what number, and I have a 20-year-old, very basic Bernina. And what about your long arm? It's a um, Innova, and it's probably, at this point, 8 or 10 years old. Gotcha. Well, I know during the pandemic, you've released three online video courses teaching different quilt techniques. What, prompts you to do, what prompted you to create these courses, and how has the process been for you in terms of filming them and getting them up online for people to, to buy? Um, what prompted me is I needed to pay my rent, to be honest. Like, I really needed to get some income. Um, but I'd also been thinking about doing it for a long time and just didn't have the mental space to get them online. And then when the pandemic hit, I had time to think about it. Um, the process was actually easier than I expected because I had recently been on the quilt show with Alex Anderson and Ricky Timms and done quilting arts TV. And so the process of getting ready for those shows was very similar to the process of getting ready to get the classes online. So I had, I had already sort of done the work and that made it helpful. And how have those done for you? Um, Great. I can pay my rent for a while. So, that, and I can pay myself. So that's good. Um, and it's actually been really good because uh, so many people ask me about like my stitched mosaics technique, which is a technique I use to make um, my animal portrait quilts. People ask me all the time about how to do it and if I can come teach. And since I can't go anywhere and I'd already been booked for the next, you know, year or year and a half. So I couldn't add any more dates into my calendar a lot of people have signed up for that class that they couldn't have signed up for otherwise, which I'm, I'm glad about. And I'm curious, are you uh, teaching uh, with the virtual quilt con? I am. Yeah. I'm going to do a little mini postcard size map quilt class. And I'm going to do a talk um, about working in a series. Great. Well, where can people find you online to learn more about you and your quilts? Uh, so my, Website is timnatar.com, T-I-M-N-A-T-A-R-R. And Timnatar is my Instagram 
um, handle as well. And at Facebook, I'm at Timnatar Quilts. Great. Was there anything I didn't ask you that I should have? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. (laughs) Anything else you want to know? (laughs) Well, again, we've been speaking to Tim Natar. Timna's nationally award-winning quilts are in private and corporate collections. Timna teaches at guilds and quilt shows across the country and will again after the pandemic. Check out our website, join our email newsletter, and follow her on Instagram. Timna, thanks for doing this interview. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.